All right. So, hey, guys, this isn't Tracy. This is actually her best friend, Girdley. And because me and that crazy girl have been through, like, uh, 10 years of adventures, I thought I'd hit y'all with a disclaimer of sorts. First and lastly, do know that whatever the hell Tracy shares in this podcast comes from her very own treasure chest of magic, logic, and good intentions. She's definitely not a therapist alternative, but she does believe it's inhumane to withhold what feels like gangsta insight. My girl's not for everyone, but she just might be for you. She's beauty in the Yo! Hi, striving humans. Tis I, Tracy G, your partner in shine. And per usual, in case you do not know it, in case you do, I'm just going to repeat it anyway. I am hella grateful to have your ears at attention because we are in the center, the nucleus of distractions. So for you to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, this pointer finger of mine, I'm going to use it to press play on this chick shit. That's something I do not take for granted. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is another episode of the She's Beauty and the Beast podcast where myself and guests that I invite candidly share what makes our spirits lift a couple feet higher, what makes our legs open, what makes them fucking close, what hijacks our mind when no one's watching, what grows our faith, all the kinds of thoughts that can help us to better understand how to magnify joy in our lives. You feel me? And beyond hosting this podcast, yeah, you should be following me on Instagram. Also do the same on Twitter, at HTracyG, I-T-S-T-R-A-C-Y-G. Say what up, say hi. Over there is where I usually share a lot of my opinions, experiences, finds. I'm a big-time Sephora slut, so you might see some products come through. Epiphanies on all things wellness, culture, the in-between. That is all over my social media, so hit me with a follow. And also... Go to my site, she'sbeautyandthebeast.com, because if you haven't already, that's where you'll be introduced to these inner voice hacks I create called audio vision boards, which are basically my remix on affirmations. So they include a hella vibey soundtrack, mostly provided by my girl Glam, and they are voiced by me to reflect who we truly are as multifaceted, multi-layered millennial women and men. Don't you worry, I got something for you. I ain't sexist over here, player players. Also, you may know me from Sirius XM Sway in the Morning Show. And if that's the actual vehicle that drove you to my personal platform here, that's what's up. I thank you for that curiosity of yours. Finally, no matter how the hell you found me, this is what this deal is. Basically, if you could invite both Rihanna and the Dalai Lama to dinner at your crib, my podcast is for you. Okay, this episode, this episode is making me smile wide because it's with one of my friends, Nicole Kane, formerly of NicoleBitchy.com and presently of ExoNicole.com. We met on the phone back in 2009-ish when I was working as an editor over at Vibe Magazine, and I was scheduled to interview her because we were doing a big spread spotlighting that time's biggest black gossip bloggers, and she was a go-to. Now, what was meant to be a bite-sized 15-minute phoner rolled into a power hour, and I just remember continuously thinking, yo, this chick has so much depth to her. I don't think the celebrity gossip net is wide enough to fit all her potential. So in 2015, when I found out she's tossing NicoleBitchy.com, 
which was wildly successful, bruh, if you have not a damn clue, let me give you. Like, won a Soul Train Award name-dropped on a Nicki Minaj record successful. However, she outgrew, she outgrew her initial definition of success, so to say. And she wanted to make one that had room for meaning and womanly discovery and fierce truth-sharing. Nicole is one of the most transparent, generous souls I have ever met. Me and 100,000 other women are obsessively rooting for her every millisecond of her life. Like I said, Nicole's ridiculously candid, so if you do want to know about her career transitions, things like that, there are a good number of interviews um, and even videos that she's done on her own YouTube channel that will give you all everything about that. As far as this convo, though, she really wanted some straight-up, purebred girl talk. So we touched on subjects like plastic surgery, ageism, dictimization, relationships, a lot. So I'm just going to back my ass away from the mic and just insert interview here. I hope you guys enjoy. Nicole, my babe, my love. (laughs) My friend, <laughs> how art thou? I am so good. Uh, Merry Monday to you. How are Mondays for you? Do you wake up and you're like, yes, hooray, seven days for me to continue with putting in all the different uh, water and sun into my goals? Or are you like, what the hell is going on? Can I turn my bed into a full-time job? <laughs> um, For me, Mondays are... So different than what they used to be, you know, when I was a gossip blogger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, I have so much peace in my life, and it's funny because uh, a Monday is like a Saturday. A Friday is like a, a Saturday. Um, I just, I'm very big on it. I think our conversation we had earlier last year that I just posted on my personal blog about making sure we have our me time before we give pieces of ourselves to other people and Mm -hmm. and into the world. Like I literally, after that conversation, a light bulb went off (laughs) and it completely changed my entire life. Yeah. That's funny. Every time it seems like whenever we jump on the phone, uh, a lot of epiphanies are hatched. You know what I mean? (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I really appreciate our friendship. And it has truly blossomed over the years. Um, And I'm happy that we're able to display some of our, well, a conversation we're having right now on wax. Because I've always felt like when me and you get together there should be more ears and eyes around. And I don't say that in a way that should be taken narcissistically, but just because of how much I receive, you know, and how much comfort I get in speaking to you. And I feel confident saying that you feel the same way because <laughs> you shared oh, that with me. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I think of the conversations that I have with women on, uh, or the relationships that I have with amazing women like you and Malik and, and all these different people, Debbie, that I've, when we get on the phone, we're on the phone for hours and, and the things we talk about. And I'm, I feel so blessed because there are a lot of women that don't know dope women like you guys mm. <laughs> who don't have that type of access to people who can let them know that it gets better in life. You don't have to settle for, you know, just the life that was handed to you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you really can be and do whatever you feel and just seeing even you now, like, you know, you have this idea. I want to do audio vision boards. I want this, you know, to create a site. She's beauty and a beast and to see it blossom over the last few years. Like 
just being able to watch transformations and evolutions like that is just everything to me. Thank you. And you know, I received a lot of scrapes along this journey, <laughs> which I've shared with you. And I'm sure I'll be sharing a lot um, of myself as we continue with our conversation. But with you mentioning how far we've both come, it just reminds me of how many how many coats you've rocked, you know? So I'm just going to take a second to disrobe you of all of these coats and put them on display. I... Okay. <laughs> so Nicole Kane, founder of EXO Nicole, one of my favorite sites that millennials should be up on, especially dope female millennials if you want to get your personal development game on, ch- on check. And then also, um, I would say Shedder of NicoleBitchy.com. <laughs> Shedder, because that was the first chapter um, of your journey in the digital landscape, but most certainly absolutely not the final chapter and not even the full book. Um, Nicole Kane blogger, YouTuber, and most recently, I'm trying to see how I want to. How about body goals builder? Oh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> body goals builder um and i'm so curious first of all you look phenomenal every single curve is just (laughs) waving hello and i'm like what's up (laughs) muscles that i didn't even know existed because i'm like where that at on my body damn it (laughs) hilarious so talk to me about um Entering this new arena of uh, physical wellness and taking it as far with um, lifting weights, not being afraid to see muscle, because a lot of times in the gym, from what I've heard, is women are afraid to do, not all, but some women are a little cautious with going heavy with strength training. You know, they feel like it's going to strip some of their femininity away. It's going to, you know, you've heard a lot of dudes like talk shit about a Serena Williams, about a Sierra. Uh, And I think women's just, a lot of women are afraid they're going to lose some of their suppleness and don't necessarily want to embrace their strength. So talk to me about how we got here. Well, you know what? That was me probably a few, well, in the beginning of this journey. Because I did, you know, kind of like social conditioning. You equate, like, muscles on a woman to them being masculine. And I remember I would always repeat to my, like, trainers, like, I don't want to work my arms or shoulders because I don't want to like they they blow up really quick I don't want to look bulky and I don't want to look like a man like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they like you know thank god I had like people that I worked with that got me out of that mind frame um and it's funny because right now like my shoulders have become the most favorite part of my body now that I've worked them out and they've developed (laughs) and that that was something that I would never work on because I just did not want to look masculine so it it, is definitely a journey um but I always tell women like you have to live in that body Mm -hmm. every 24 7 Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and it's not about what people would think or say about you like you want to wake up every day and feel good about yourself and this is the best I've ever felt about myself ever in life wow no one can take that away from like you can take a check from me (laughs) (laughs) you can take a website from me but i don't i'm not gonna let you take you know what i worked so hard um 
to create with these, like you said, body goals. Like, I, it's literally amazing to me that you can go into the gym and really contour your body the way you'd like through mm-hmm. different exercises. And I've been just so amazed by that. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Let me get that all the way out there. <laughs> I don't know what the hell my tongue just tried to escape my damn mouth but anyways (laughs) uh I'm interested in knowing throughout this uh this process of more so it's like a reintroduction to your body you know have there any have there been any parts of you physically that you were just not feeling maybe you know a year ago five years ago and now you're even if you're not in a celebratory mood when you think about it, but you're like, I, right, you're cool on me. Well, I used to tear, like I, I was so mentally abusive to myself. Like I used to just always tear myself apart every inch of me. And so I did, there was a time in 20, uh, I think it was 2010. I went and got my first, uh, well, I'm saying my first, well, it was my first boob job. Cause I had to get another one. <laughs> mm, what the hell happened? I got a boob job in 2010 and it, it, it came from, I was sitting in Miami with a group of girls and they randomly was talking about the things on their body they would fix. And before then, I promise you, I had never considered plastic surgery mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, I would fix my nose and this and that. And I'm thinking, well, what would I fix? And I'm like, if I had bigger boobs, I would look much more bigger than I am because I always had a problem with being just really thin mm-hmm. and really tiny. And so the idea came to me right then. And I swear to you, I was in the plastic surgeon office like three days later for a consultation. And it moved really quick for me because I didn't want no anyone to talk me out of it. And what ended up happening was um, the plastic surgeon was Dr. Miami, but he wasn't named Dr. Miami back then. He had a very corporate name, like Ball Harbor Plastic Surgeon. Wow. Um, I think Baller Alert put Dr. Miami on the map and then everybody and their mamas used to go. Right. And then he but, figured out the term branding and just went, Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I got the boob job like really quick. It happened really quick. And what happened was um, I, I tell people this all the time when I went in to get the consultation, everyone in that office, like they see boobs all day, but everyone kept complimenting me on how amazing they thought my boobs looked and these are my natural mm-hmm. like uh, and but I was so stuck on I want bigger ones huh. <laughs> so, so when I got them mm-hmm. they were too they became too they were too big for my body and so for two years I'm walking around with these like breasts that were weighing me down back problems um they just looked too big I looked ridiculous in them and so I would have to wear all this clothing to kind of cover it up so I didn't look like a porn star mm. and it was going like as I was growing as Nicole Bitchy so um and people are like why does she talk why does she dress like that is because I'm trying to cover up this mistake that I made and two years later like on New Year's when everybody was celebrating going into 2014 I was in a um, bed in Miami hotel just get um, just got finished taking them out and I spent my New Year's you know in the bed um, fresh out of surgery and it it taught me a very valuable lesson Mm -hmm. about self-acceptance and and you know your body and and those things like I'm scared to touch anything else after that right so did you see a difference in the way people treated you 
like prior to when you got the surgery and then when you got the surgery and then maybe even so now? Well, it's funny because I don't even think during the entire time I had the boob job. Yeah. I don't think I had sex. I was so uncomfortable with this massive uh, breast cell for two years after I got the, I don't think I had sex at all. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Now, like with this body, oh, the next person. <laughs> Girl, okay, but let me tell you something. I don't care how fat, thick the damn check is, son. <laughs> Do not sign no dotted lines <laughs> that are going to require you to show off every last line of your body. I. <laughs> If you really feel like showing off, you can send me a DM that's going to disappear, okay? Find me on the snaps. Hilarious. <laughs> I'll be your outlet, girl. But yeah, but I, I feel you. And it's because, and I understand that because you're proud of the work that you put into it. Um, naturally. And there's something about when we really embrace the journey versus when we just get, um, you know, a cheap ticket to the destination. There's something that heightens the quality of it all. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like you said, I've just been in the gym for however long Mm -hmm. creating this, my idea of what I'd love to look like. And I mean, it didn't even come from just the gym, just just taking certain foods out of my diet and eating properly, Mm. you know, or, um, so I catch myself a lot walking past the mirror naked, like (laughs) admiring (laughs) (laughs) the thing Uh I created here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know what? Okay. So that has me thinking, what do you feel like is the line between narcissism and self-love? I don't know. I mean, the line is what you choose to call it, I guess. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, I guess narcissism sounds so negative. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you when you say that word, you know what I think of. Do, do you know what I think of? When Kanye? Say- yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is crazy. <laughs> ah, bruh, if there is anything I would not want... <laughs> To be synonymous with myself is my brand just being hand in hand. (laughs) You can just swap Kanye with the term narcissist narcissist, and it's not even like you skipped a beat. That is insane. That is insanity. Yeah. No, I completely feel it. And I feel like it's probably just when you have a very bloated ego that you cannot hear or see anything besides yourself. Yeah. That's, that's I think right now I can't say that's I can't say I'm a narcissist. I yeah. I just have more confidence than I had before. Yeah. And it kind of annoys me that I I I just didn't have this type of confidence before and and that it poured over into my dating life. How can if how can you expect someone to love you if you can't even love yourself? Mm. And you but how do I expect someone to love my smile if I don't love my smile? Or you know <laughs> Yeah. All these different pieces of us. So, you know, I, I used to have a, a double dimple on my uh, right cheek. I remember in an interview, random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening, though. Take me wherever you want to go. Come on. The car got gas in it. A, randomly in an interview, like Trey Song saying something about how he liked 
my double dimple at the time. I hated it. Mm. And I, it reminded me of how someone can see something in you that you can't even see in yourself. But it's something that I got rid of. I got rid of one of those. I'm like, one dimple is enough on one cheek. I don't need to. <laughs> Wait, they but, have, they have, uh, like a like a application surgery pill whatever <laughs> that can erase a dimple yeah like it's just a it's just a slight uh a filler that uh like the dimple is just an indentation ah. and, so they can fill it in and you know it disappears right right, right, right. So okay it's one of those things where i look back on things like i'm not I'm not um, like the the whole smile thing. And, you know, we we have braces and all those things like that is the best thing I've ever done for myself. So little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It's when you start like feeling like you got to change everything. Yeah. You know, you're under the, you're under the knife or getting a needle stuck in you every other month is it's when it becomes a problem mm-hmm. totally get it well going back so i'm paying attention to a couple things that are um standing out <laughs> one how when you initially had your boobies done and you were like okay i'm going on a sex strike it's not really feeling right <laughs> <laughs> and now that your heart and your body are aligned, it's like, hold up, I'm feeling myself. Who want to feel me too? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. So I got that. I got that. And then also I'm hearing, um, I'm interested in knowing a lot of times the person that we are dating are a reflection of where we are currently at in our life. Yep. So how do you feel like you're, choices in men have shifted and I haven't heard you speak a lot about relationships and I know and I love that you were really open into going more into your personal life because a lot of times our personal life if we're doing you know heart-fueled work our personal life can inspire our professional life for better or for worse you know so, so yeah so Take a second to reflect on how your, again, your decision making with the opposite sex or maybe the same sex comes into play. I don't know, girl, you my friend, but I may not know everything. (laughs) How how has it changed (laughs) over Um, the years? I I, I will say this to women like I don't like that. And I recommend women to not date when they're vibrating at a low frequency. You know you're like feeling um you're just not happy with where you are in life you're like um you're not feeling confident because what happens is now now it's like low-hanging fruit and people who would wouldn't have even had a chance like you wouldn't even gave a time of day before has access to you Mm -hmm. because you're vibrating at such a low level right now and that happened to me last year Um, (laughs) I hope this person does not listen to this podcast, but (laughs) there was someone that I knew off the, uh, off the, like immediately, this person is not for me. Mm -hmm. Their energy is not for me. Like, um, but the fact that I was at the time feeling very depressed, dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress, I was involved with them because it was something to do. Uh And when you start like entertaining men that are not even what you're looking for, or I, I call it like confusing the universe. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for this the universe. And 
I always compare dating to like, I'm not looking for a seat filler. So if I'm entertaining someone that's not worth my time and is not what I'm looking for in a future partner mm-hmm. and a future father to my child mm-hmm. and a future everything, then if they're sitting in that seat, if the man that's for me walks in, they're not going to sit in the seat next to me because someone is occupying it. Right. They're going to walk right past me. And so I rec- I tell women, do not like if you're over 30, we don't have time for seat fillers. Right. We don't. <laughs> hmm. We don't have t- time to be like wasting that type of time. And so that's why I take a lot of men through boot camp now, as I like to call it. Oh, <laughs> you know, stop, skirt. <laughs> Pause right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to step into the gym of Nicole Kane's boot camp. Let me know what the regimen is. <laughs> I do I, I just I'm very a lot of guys like I probably if you put like maybe guys that I've dated or have taken me out on a date or have had phone conversations with me or anything in the realm of some type of dating in a room together, they probably would all tell you I'm very difficult. Mm. she's very difficult to get to know she has a wall up you know it just was a lot of work Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I just feel like I mean the strong survive if you if you feel like I'm a lot of work and and you know since it doesn't come easy you give up really quick you weren't for me right um so yeah I have this this uh, like I said I'm in a a very a place where I'm very happy with my life and everything I've ever wanted. I've been able to get myself mm-hmm. work hard for it. And I'm not asking someone to come to the table balling. I'm not asking them to come to the table, you know, with all these material things. I'm just asking them to show me something I can't find in myself. Mm. Have, you, have, <laughs> have you ever seen that yet? You know what? I, I have. I have. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? I It, it, it feels like a man that can show you, um, again, show you things and, like pieces of your stuff that you didn't even know existed. And it's almost like uh, someone holding a mirror up to you. Mm-hmm. And you have to collide with not even, not only the weakest parts of yourself, but the strong parts, you know, as well. And they, they bring out those strengths in you. And even now, like, I I cannot say I'm friends with a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I hate that I'm talking and I'm, like, talking as if somebody. Because, you know, when you start promoting stuff on social media, people be like, I want to know what she's what she talking about. Let me go click on this. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very cautious that, like, this might get listened to. But even now, like, being in communication with a guy, he doesn't know how much he inspires me. Mm. Um, how woke and aware he is, especially when it comes to black women and his appreciation and love for black women is so inspiring to me. Um, and he's pulled a lot of pieces of myself and made me realize a lot about myself that I wasn't aware of like that. I like, I will break every rule I have in a book from age to location to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all these things. Cause you know how women, we got a list you know, like they gotta be over this tall, right. this age, <laughs> this much width in their pants. Uh-huh. I would, right. I would take. I would start crossing things off the list. I'll tell you what, though. Are you over penis size now? Um. 
You know, a podcast episode I've been thinking of doing <laughs> is, an, is an apology to all oh penises of the world. Because when I was younger, I realized I wasn't fair to men. And I was acting if a guy had a petite, you know, bite-sized joint. Yeah. I looked at them as if they had bad taste. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they yeah. went to the penis store and picked out this piece of shit. <laughs> I'm dead right now. I'm so dead. And it's as if like we make they're useless. Your masculinity is on mute if your dick is not on point. And that's not fair. And that's things that, you know, maybe some pornography teaches us, movies, whatever, whatever. But as you get older, you start to realize um just all the other elements that go into bombs sex or love making and also you realize how these like super sized bananas don't do nothing <laughs> except bring you pain <laughs> yeah definitely because a lot of times like, like physically and sometimes emotionally like i'm not here for, i'm here there's for no foreplay there's no foreplay that's you're you're banging it out the box and you really think that i enjoy this um i think chemistry is more important than penis size mm -hmm. definitely and um i I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't care about penis size. I don't. When did you reach that point? When did you stop caring? <laughs> um, when I realized that a lot of people that know how to sling penis really well, they don't really got much else going for themselves. So that's why they can sling penis that well. Like that's their gift and their talent. <laughs> Oh, right. Because that's where all of their concentration has been going towards. Because, 100%. And you know what? That's so interesting that you say that. Um, I've had many a conversation. I've been honest about it on this podcast, on the No Sex Zone episodes in particular, about how I've had some type of affinity for cheating in the past, you know? So I've analyzed affairs from every single angle. And oftentimes, uh, and this came from a conversation I had once with a, th a sex therapist, not for myself, but I was doing a story. Doesn't that sound so suspicious, like a lie? <laughs> it wasn't for myself, though. It was a story I was doing for Vibe where I was speaking to a sex therapist about why it seems like all of these. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, okay? That's I'm going to give context as proof. But I was having a conversation with her about, um, this was many, many years ago, and all of these politicians, it seemed, were just not only cheating on their wives, but doing it to the maximum capacity. You know what I mean? Like, 20 yeah. women just on a cheating spree. And she told me something that has always been very, very eye-opening to me. And she said how... Um, for men in particular, the easiest way for them to boost their masculinity is to bang out another body because it's a, it's a quick win. And now if we just open that up to every single human being that enjoys sexual pleasure, um, and also when I think about how I used sex as a tool of, mm, I guess, comfort during my lower periods it's because it was an e like a body was an easy trophy for me because if you think about it this way you can't get the rewards of a work promotion overnight you know what i'm saying yeah, you can't drop definitely. 20 pounds overnight you can't move from cali to new york overnight you can't get those wins in 24 hours but shit bitch you can get a body in your bed in 10 hours too. Especially if you uh, look like if you're a woman, period. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You definitely 100. Yeah. 
download Tinder or something like right and that's why it's interesting how like a lot of times those folks who are like players or whatever their just main focus is flesh that's what they are just crazy good at and other areas of their life are lacking and obviously you know there's exceptions to the rule but if you're not a porn star getting a check beloved (laughs) then just you know slanging that good good may not be enough professional i'm trying i'm like am i being professional saying slinging the penis but (laughs) i I couldn't think of another word like if there's a more technically correct term i could use during this podcast so people don't think i'm too like yeah yeah and you know and not that you know i want to take this into like salacious seas but it came up so i said let me just throw this out there i definitely guys if you have a small penis i'm okay with that it's it's really about how you treat me and uh just another thing i've noticed is a lot of guys with like smaller manhood they're kind of really great other things so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's like i said it, it's just not a big it's not something like when i walk up to a guy or i start dating a guy the first day i know girls like i know women who not girls but women i know women that you could be talking to them about someone and they're like i gotta check the penis size first girl right. like <laughs> yeah no i know that not me. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not me yeah I'm, I'm way past that point in my yeah. life yeah and i think we're even past it like digitally i mean shoot isn't it instagram that banned eggplants that stopped that <laughs> and, I, and i'm really happy that happened because you know for t- since i've been alive i've been asking to not be presented for male consumption you know what yeah. i mean like i don't want to just have my body on display but it feels like it's okay if we do that for men and i'm just like nah yo like we gotta start looking at people for something deeper Mm -hmm. than just their their sexual organs exactly especially if you want a long fulfilling relationship like people nowadays say i want the type of relationship like my grandparents and their grandparents and you know when you're hung up on something as small as a penis side, no puns intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just, you're not going to find that. And I think that's where a lot of guys go wrong. They're like, oh, why can't I find a woman like my grandmother back in the day? And it's like, but what are you chasing? Mm-hmm. You, know, what, you know, what type of woman are you chasing? And most of the time, like you said, they're chasing flesh mm-hmm. in that clip. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It, it, that was definitely a great topic. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And still staying within the realm of how we interact with the opposite sex i saw a i saw a really interesting article that cnbc put out and according to them millennial women are quote worried ashamed of out earning their boyfriends and husbands you read that Mm-hmm. Yep, I did. And then, interestingly enough, um, maybe like a week or two weeks before that, New York Times had a story that said more and more young men, young men being ages 18 to 25, want stay-at-home wives. 
Oh my god! And I was like, I thought the paradigm shift was progressive initially. I thought we were everyone was a okay with their making room for the term stay at home dad now. If that works for you know a, a duo's um, a situation, people are okay with women just breaking the glass ceiling, you know. But now I'm looking at things and I'm like, huh? Was this all for show? <laughs> um, it's weird because I feel like men really have no idea what they want. You know, in one sense, they're talking about they want independent women. The next, you know, I want you to be at home. And the way I get around that as a woman, um, you know, I'm trying my best to create a career that allows me to be a stay-at-home working mom. So there you I'm go. Work- you know, I'm working from home. I'm running my business from home, but I'm still able to cook and clean and 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 tidy up the place um, and take care of the kids and be a stay-at-home mom. Woman, you better say that. Let me spray hose me down with those affirmative words right there because that is honestly what I'm trying to manifest. And initially, mm-hmm. I was like, Tracy, all the work women have done <laughs> and you want to be at home, bruh? Like, I started questioning if I was even... Uh, if I was qualified to call myself ambitious in a sense. And I'm like, no, what we're fighting for is options for all options for all. And also I realized that the home has become so important. I think what, uh, what we became so tempting about being a stay at home working mom. And I love that you put it like that so plainly and so clearly is how much through my, my years of self care, how much that has meant taking the energy of my space, my bedroom, my kitchen, my living room, seriously. <laughs> and it's been a lot of money. It's been a lot of um, tidying up. You know what I mean? It's been a lot of sage burning. And I love yes. my home so much. I want to fucking stay at home, bruh. I don't want to stay at home so I can just, you know, sit Indian style on my clean ass floors all day long. It's not that. <laughs> or so I can just eat everything out of my goddamn um, fridge and watch reruns of whatever the hell is on TV. It's because I love my space and I have made it so aesthetically pleasing to my um, my inner creative girl. Yeah, it's very important to me. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed that I get to choose the energy that I allow in my space every single day. Yeah. I don't I don't walk out of the house and have to go into a work environment and not know if I got to dodge and weave energy, you know, right. like I just don't leave. I just don't leave my house. If, if I'm, if I don't want to collide with any energy that's unhealthy for me, I don't leave that day yeah. and I have that option. And it's funny because I think I had a roommate for a short time, which at the time I was embarrassed about it because I had a roommate. It's like, you know, what are right. people going to say? If you have a roommate, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I do feel like, you know, my life was foreign to her. Um, it's like this girl, what does she do all day? You know, cause I never look stressed. I just, you know, walk out, make my breakfast, breakfast or whatever. While, you know, she did have the situation where you get up in the morning, you, you go to work, you come home late, you go to sleep, you do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me realize how the power of our thoughts. And I've been saying for years, I wanted a job that I w- could work from home. I want, and like, I want to be a stay at home mom. And I say that every single day to myself, you are going to be a stay at home working mom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and I'm, I'm going to manifest that, you know? So I, back to the narrative of, uh, men wanting that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I can see, I really like that. You said that someone has to be home, take like someone has to be taking care of the home. Someone has to get the energy right in the home. Like if you guys are both out and super busy, there might be chaos, you know, some people are managing it well. And I tip my hat to, I have a friend that's been married over 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the way they balanced it is he had a night job, she had a day job and then they had the kids and they were balancing things that way. But I, my dream, and, and it's not even, it's not an option. That's going to be my reality. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? You're still, it'll be a Beyonce. <laughs> I'm still a and the thing is, I'm going to attract a man in my life that wants that from me. Right. And he's going to appreciate that. Right. So then have you ever had with being, you know, the Nicole before everyone, even no blogs that people have been having blogs for a really long time, but it hasn't been as crowded in the digital sphere as it is now. And since you have been doing this, you've known the, the importance of the term branding for, I want to say even maybe double digit years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So has it been, have any man that you've dated, have they felt a bit taken aback by the package that comes along with you? Like, have you felt like in their eyes, they kind of had an identity crisis because they didn't realize they were going through life more traditionally, thinking that the man is more at the forefront of the relationship? For me, um, I don't know about that aspect. I do. I do feel like some guys have been in like when I came to I didn't really I didn't have the opportunity to date the way I have when I um, moved to Arizona. It Because, you know, being Nicole, like that Nicole bitchy thing was bigger than I could. It, it it just preceded who I was and it people had an idea who I was mm-hmm. and it made it very difficult to date. So I really didn't. I didn't get a chance to date until I moved to Arizona and. I met a lot of people who had no idea who I was and I, and I, and I was able to go in things like, Oh, I work in marketing, you know, just to see how people would treat me if they never knew about me. So then, you know what, can I pause you real quick? So then does that mean that men were intimidated or does that mean that or, or, and, or was it men were looking at you as a leg on a ladder for them? No, I, I look at it like this. I wouldn't want to date a gossip blogger. You huh. know, like, there are just so many negative... Um, it's just so many negative... Stigmas. Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stigmas around that. And they could be true. I know I personally would be very cautious about it. And even now when I date guys, if they have a friend who knew who I once was, they would say, you better be careful. They always get that warning, Mm. you know, and then they got to say, Oh no, but you don't understand. Like she's so different. And the fact that they have to, to, uh, even defend the fact that they decided to date me is kind of hurtful, but I know it, it takes a while for me to shed that part of me. But I say that to say, um, being someone that has a large following on social media, um, people start to, 
and you know people land on your page and they start going through your captions and your pictures right they fall in love with the idea of you and that is the most difficult thing that is hard for me to get over right now i i, I compare it to almost like Halle berry syndrome mm. i think men were so caught up in her beauty um that they didn't understand that she was human then right. when they date her and she comes with all these flaws you know and she's uh, you know, a normal woman, <laughs> right. but they have put her so high on a pedestal that she couldn't meet her their expectations ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what's been difficult for me, where if I do meet someone or they do follow me on social media, it takes me a long time to get past the... They Like, from the start, I'm like, they've they fallen from the idea of me. Right. After we spent enough time my guard had come down and I said, okay, maybe they're falling for who I really am now. But in the beginning stages, I definitely am aware they're falling from the, for the idea of who they think I am. Right. Right. Which is probably what prompted you to open up Nicole Kames. (laughs) 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 Boot camp. So that, you know what? So what type of questions do you ask men to try to just, peel back their layers and see what their core is really about. Um, that's, that's a good, that is definitely a good question. You know, um, I want to know what moves them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, what I like to know who their heroes are. Um, mm. I thought I like ooh, to call, that's, Ooh, I wish I was single just so I could ask that to a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> what is something like I like to I really like to know about their upbringing because it allows me to know why they do what they do you know um, whether it's like it could be something in their um, in their stories of their upbringing that lets me know like this may trigger a certain hurt or a certain pain or this is what brings them joy Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah that's pretty much um those are the important things. Like I really want, I try to date men I admire. Right. So instead of me having this long list of like, like I said, he has to be six, four and he has to be chocolate with this amazing smile. Right? <laughs> All these things. I just say, I want to date a man I admire because I feel like if I admire him, he embodies everything that I need in my life at this point. Right. <laughs> and all those like things, like how he looks and it's, that's just it it doesn't even matter it's funny how once you like when you grow older all those things you thought mattered don't matter anymore Mm -hmm. and as you get more and more uh experience i will say this and i don't want to scare away anyone that dates me in the future (laughs) it's embarrassing but i have to say it And, and it has a lot to do with me chasing success and then after i got success like being a gossip blogger I have not been in a serious adult relationship in my life. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, at all. Mm. And that's, and is that like 50-50 because you haven't found the right person? Or is it more so because the men just weren't right, weren't ready for you? Um. Or no, you know what, actually, mm mm-mm. Really, the way this should be worded is, is that, (laughs) and I'm about to use the power of editing, is that because you haven't found the right person or you weren't emotionally ready? 
I feel like, and I wrote this in a, a, a recent Instagram caption. I'm like, I am so glad I didn't settle. And mm. I'm so glad I didn't seriously date before this time. As much as I wanted the experience, um, because the person I used to be would have um, attracted a different type of man than what I am looking for. Mm-hmm. And I would have settled for that type of man that I would have eventually outgrown. I'm so a different person than I was during the seven to eight years I'm in that gossip site. Mm-hmm. Like I've evolved so much and, and just, um, just everything is so different that now I trust when I entertain a guy and it's about to get serious that, that it's okay to take it a step further. Right. Because now like he's a, he represents who you are now as a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes a lot so of it, sense. It's, yeah. Before I was, like I said, just operating on such a low <laughs> vibration mm-hmm. that it's almost like uh, the story of the, you got the eagles, they're, they, they're flying around, they're soaring. Right. And you have the chickens that can't, you know, they, they don't, they, they're not flying off the ground. They're, I'm vibrating at such a low energy level and such a low vibration that the chickens have access to me. Damn. Before. That ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, uh. I'm trying to I'm trying to be with the eagles. Like eagle, like I want an eagle to have access to me and be able we evolve and we we fly and we be better together. I love that. Yep, because all a chicken wanna do is get your ass to lay mad eggs. <laughs> and we try to lay mad eggs so you know early, what? player. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> They're just trying to get you to lay eggs. And, uh, am I right? Or am I absolutely right? You're so then, 100% correct. <laughs> something else I've noticed, you've been very vocal about being a co-signer of celibacy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're a big fan of No Sex Zone. You also... Um, were kind enough to look at my no sex zone workbook and back it up as well. So how has celibacy, what's the role of celibacy has played in your life? Um, I really think like I've, I've never been that I, I tried to do the whole, like I went through the stages where I'm like, okay, I spent a lot of my twenties, like celibate. Mm-hmm. Let me try to catch up in my thirties. It just, I'm just probably not that person. <laughs> it just did not work for me. And uh-huh. I think it's because I realized what soul ties were really early on. Mm. You know, I think I read a, a, a meme, an Instagram post or something way back or, or a Twitter post about how, like, you know, the people you lay down with, you create these soul ties and you're taking on the energy of not only them, but the people they've slept with and the people that they slept with. And and I'm already, you know, it's already hard managing my own energy, especially right. <laughs> everything that's going on in my life. So to that scared me. I, and, and not only that, but the fact that it takes so long to break those soul ties. Girl. Uh, <laughs> and... I just could not afford to create those those type of ties with with people that again I keep using the word vibrating at a low frequency because it's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot of my celibacy came from, just knowing and the fact that 
Like, I got acquainted with sex toys. Oh, it was a rap once I got acquainted with sex toys. Because I'm like, I can, like, I can get <laughs> pleasured and not have to, like, kick him out my bed and worry about like, right. if he's going to go home in the morning or if he's going to wait around for breakfast. Yeah. Like, no, that's good because that's what I've learned. I mean, exactly. I've, I've experimented with sex toys. I'm not necessarily my thing. I just like the organic use of my fingers. But <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is I'm happy that I'm, I guess, better at compartmentalizing love and lust. You know, understand yes. what I'm saying? Like, 100%. I like that's how I can just go straight for the orgasm in a sense and not get it yes. all tangled up with um all these different chemicals that are rolling around in us you know what i mean that get us attached to and this again this is not everyone everyone's biochemical makeup is different but for a lot of women um there's something called oxytocin not to be confused yes. with cotton but oxytocin is literally called um a bonding chemical <laughs> and yeah. that is primarily released when we have sex which is why for many of us sometimes you get all of a sudden you just feel emotionally um involved with someone you only meant to be physically involved with yeah and it's i, I like i said i don't have that type of i i i'm in a place in my life where i want something real mm-hmm. and i don't want to like like you said mistaken our encounters with falling in love when really it's infatuation or right. lust. Right. And I, and I do feel like a lot of uh, men um, that I meet, they're infatuated again with the idea of me. And I want to make sure that we get like the, the next person or person that's right for me, we get to really know each other, mm-hmm. you know? And cause I want to know, Forget what you're like when we're in a bed together or, or, you know, you're kissing on me or whatever. What are you like when I'm hurting? Mm. Cause I do like, you know, just being someone who lost so many people in our life. Like I've lost, and I say it all the time, my parents, my grandparents, you know, um, some aunts, like I do, I do have this emotional thing where it gets to me sometimes life can feel very isolated when you have that many losses. Right. I want to know what you're like when I just need, sometimes I don't need you to say anything. I might need you to just lay there with me Mm -hmm. holding me. And that is enough for me. So if you're not willing to do something as simple as that, I don't think we need to be having sex. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realize the power in involved in nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. Um, until you strip away physical communication. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm glad that you discovered that. How long? Now, I often feel like you can have customized celibacy. Not even often feel like. I always feel like celibacy can be customized. So how did it work out for you? Did you... Give yourself, like, um, my best friend Girdley, she decided she's going to go 365 days of fast from dick, you know? Uh, (laughs) For myself, I didn't necessarily have a um, a countdown. I was just going to go with um, the vibes with, 
with God's consultancy. You know what I mean? So for you, how, what was the setup? Um, And and are you still currently celibate? Well, first of all, it wasn't difficult for me because it's not like, like I I said, uh, you know, a little earlier in the conversation, I haven't really been in an adult um, a very, very serious adult relationship. And a lot of that was me working hard to be successful. I just didn't have time mm-hmm. to develop, uh, relationships with people. Um, um, now I'm involuntarily <laughs> celibate. Like, <laughs> like I said, last year I found myself involved with a few men I had no business being involved with mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. And I, I was just like, you know what, after the last one who, um, I don't know, after the last one, I just was like, let me just refocus. Let me just get my focus together. And it's funny because someone wrote an article on X on Nicole and it, she said, uh, and, and we haven't published it yet, but it, the gist of it was. When she went to God, like, there's a lot going on in my life right now. A lot of turmoil. God, first thing he told her was like, you got to get rid of the men in your life. Wow. <laughs> You're going to have to be celibate and get rid of your, get rid of all the relationships with men for right now. Mm-hmm. And, and there was other things she had to do. But when that happened, things started progressing for her. And I feel like now I think I'm in a clear mind frame where I can invite someone into my life. And I'm, I can be very clear of what it is. Right. And not. Um, but I think for women who are just, again, going through all these different emotions, you you know, finance problems, um, work, you don't, you hate your job, you know, you, you don't feel like you got great friends and a great circle around you. You got family problems. You got all these different things. <laughs> First thing, get rid of those relationships with me, especially if they're not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need clarity. And when you're like, like I said, out there and you're, you're kind of mistaking lust for love and, and you're just, or you're just like casually giving pieces of yourself. You're basically letting me, uh, when you're like just casually, it's almost like every guy I have sex with, I feel like he walked away with a piece of me. Right. And he might not even have deserved that piece of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, get your stuff together because when you get you together and you get that, that job, finally get that job you want, get your finances in order, get the friends, circle of friends you want, that relationship, especially the one that's for you is going to come so much easier and, and, and right on time. And it's just going to be the icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I completely relate to feeling like someone has a piece of myself. Um, (laughs) And recently though, I've decided that's an illusion and I've actually like switched up that narrative and I say they rented a piece of me um, because I'm still whole. And I realized looking at it as this person, you know, took a piece of me, whatever, whatever, um, was keeping me in, in a state of petty. <laughs> Which well, could... I'm in the petty, boo, because I'm like, I let you want a piece of me and they were at bargain clearance, clearance, right, prices. <laughs> And never again. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. You can't afford the peace now, boo. <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Let me stop. 
versus now from 30 it's almost like maybe people won't be proud of my work because they'll be like shouldn't she be even further than this yes i i feel like that is kind of the effect i have people like oh my gosh she she got accomplished a lot mm-hmm. and, uh, you know very young and then they see your age and you they realize you slept on couches until you were 28 right chase the dream until you were 28 right. you know it didn't come overnight and it didn't come easy and they're comparing they're 22 comparing themselves to your journey like oh my god you know like when she was 22 she was like huge no boo like you mm-hmm. know it, it's I don't know. It's a very difficult thing. I've hit my age, I feel like, subconsciously for a, a while. And, and it don't even have to do with even the success thing. It had a lot to do with even, I felt like biological clocks weren't real um, until I got into my 30s. And I realized that even in relationships, I feel like there's this real once people find out my age, it's almost like a rush. Like, oh, we got to rush through things now because if there's going to be kids involved, we need to start on those really quick. Like, oh, wow. You know? Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want there to be a rush or people. I want to get to know someone and them know, like, if we're dating, I'm not trying to have a child tomorrow. I might not even be be want, be, uh, want to have a child next year. Like, I've literally, I've. Like, it was such a concern to guys. I actually went to the doctor last year to humor myself. I went to a fertility <laughs> doctor to mm-hmm. find out where am I on this kid's having scale, you know? And lucky for me, he told me, like, for some of my age, I have excellent. Like, I had uh, probably enough eggs to lend you some. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm fine to any future husbands that are, like, listening right now. And it probably has a lot to do if I take care of myself. I eat well. I, I work out. And I really take really good care of, you know, my, um, just, just my body mentally. I'm great. Um, so we're good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's hard when that's such a, such a concern that people, they can't even live in a moment and just get to know you now. They're so far ahead. Like, yeah, within six months, we need to be engaged because I need, I need to knock her up by the beginning of next year. Like, so <laughs> right. and, and I just, I don't want to rush through life like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then when did you become more comfortable with actually like disclosing? Well, let me say this. Have, I'm not, I'm, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. Oh, that tweet would still be up. <laughs> very, very true. Well, something, something that I remind myself is that we're always younger than someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny because older guys do not approach me Mm -hmm. at all. And they just don't. I get approached. I have not ever gotten approached by an older guy. I always get approached by younger guys. And so that's what I end up dating. And I remember Gabrielle Union saying, the way you you stay looking young, date a younger guy, like joking, but not really. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, because we were talking about her marriage with Dwayne Wade. I don't know if this was the same article, but she said something about Gabrielle Union she's into her 40s she's not like you know 43 or 45 yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and she said that she described her relationship with Dwayne as she is a young 45 year old and let's just say he's I think he's 33 and he's an old 33 yeah 
And that's the balance in it. And I loved that. And it's all about energy because really when you're thinking about energy, time is not existent. At all. And, and I have very, um, I definitely don't act like a 36 year old. Like I, I will tell people, I won't, I don't want to say that I'm immature. Mm -hmm. I'm just not as like when you're a woman that hasn't been in a lot of serious relationships, you have a lot to learn. Mm. I have a lot to learn. And I, and I'm very, um, excited about this discovery period and, and opening up myself to, um, the possibility of future relationships now because I was very against it for a long time right but I had so much to learn and that's why it's very important to me to have that boot camp process because <laughs> um I don't know I just I just want to learn from the right man mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want the wrong man teaching me what love is because I'll tell you this much and and it's something I think I put in a blog post before but I don't talk about it a lot the thing that has affected me and the way I look at relationships and the way I looked at love for a long time, and I'm so glad I'm over this hump, but when I was 16 years old, I remember being in a car with my mom who had just kicked me out of the house over um, a boyfriend she had, and she dated very young as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those things where she told she had to choose between, or she felt she had to choose between him living in her home or me living in her home. Wow. And Guess who had to go? I did. Uh -huh. So I, she had my stuff packed up. We're all, we're in a car together and she's taking me to my grandmother's house. And I remember asking her why, you know, I just don't understand how you would pick a man over me. And she made the statement that has stuck with me all of my life. She said, until you fall in love, you will never understand. Wow. And that, defined love for me for a long time that you could be so caught up that you will choose, you know, you would choose this thing that she felt was love. Cause obviously if it was real love, she wouldn't even have to choose between her daughter and a mm -hmm. man. It wouldn't even have been a, a issue, but you would choose this toxic person over your relationship with your, the person you birthed. Mm -hmm. um, you would choose abuse and, and being mistreated and, and, and all these things over your own daughter. And so for a long time, I avoided falling in love and I avoided relationships for that reason, because I had a very distorted perception of what love really was. I feel that. So talk to me about self-love. How do you define that for yourself? What does um, it look like? <laughs> Self-love is definitely... Um, let, me, let me ask that question differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the same thing, but for some, in my head, I'm editing as I go. How do you exercise self-love since now we understand it's the root, it is the seed for all the other forms of love that grow around us? Self-love, um, how I exercise it, it um, when I... When I left gossip blogging, I I promise you, Tracy, I had no idea who I was. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I, I took the role as a character for eight years or I became what people wanted me to be. And I had no idea. Like I left gossip blogging a fraction of the woman I used to be. Mm -hmm. And so I would look in the mirror and I, I don't know who this girl is. So for me, 
self-love to me is being able to look in the mirror every day and 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 love that woman that's looking back at me mm-hmm. and to be 100% like love every part of her you know like not like because you know we look at it's funny I did a video recently and it's on my YouTube and it's called uh, 10 things I love about myself mm. and I, the 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 reason I made that video was because I saw a couple on YouTube and they they did 10 things I love about you and they were going back and forth telling each other the things they loved about each other and it made me realize that I could like I could go on and on about all the things I love about you um I can go on and on about all the things I love about like my friends some people in my family but could I do the same for myself? Right. You know, we're our, our own biggest critic and we, we might look in the mirror and the first thing we're thinking is my nose can be a bit smaller. Right. I wish I look like this or I had this instead of really bigging ourselves up and being like, girl, you are beautiful. You're doing it. Like you are such a, you have blossomed in, in such an incredible woman. Like even in the video, the first thing I mentioned was the fact that out of all those losses in my life, my parents, my grandparents, you know, and sleeping on couches and being broke over and over again and, and walking away from a successful career at 30, 35 years old, not even knowing. Like, I, I went from a successful career making great money to I'm at this age. I don't even know if I have a career anymore. I don't know how I'm going to make money. I don't have a kid. I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband. I, I don't have a lot of things. Right. But I'm still fucking amazing Mm -hmm. and the purpose for me walking away from that site exceeds any like any dollar amount that someone could have gave me because it was more about like like you said purpose and your why not about all these things in life that we think matter um so i i love like i have to remind myself every time (laughs) i want to be down or why did you do that or like just how amazing I am. And that's what self-love means to me. And I, even for entrepreneurs, I have a post coming up about, um, before it's funny that uh, we're talking on the phone now because the other day I have a praise box huh? and I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to have this because there are going to be days where you question <laughs> your entire life, but I have all these cards from people. Thank you cards Mm -hmm. and you know like people like you that 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 remind me how dope I am you know Mm -hmm. and I and that is a part of my self-love on those days where I can't tell myself you're amazing being able to reach for that box Mm -hmm. and read over all of you guys cards to me um and remind myself how special I am yes oh I appreciate that I have something similar as well Um, and it's just a jar, it's a gratitude jar, you know, where I just write down all of my different wins to remind me of, um, the beautiful things me and God have created for ourselves. And a girlfriend of mine, she did pretty much like a hybrid of both, um, your chest and my jar. And for her birthday, she had all of her friends just write down reminders to her of why she's so lovable. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I and I think it's important because sometimes it can feel like the world d- is designed to um just bring ourselves to destruction. <laughs> it's just des- it's just designed Especially to be our woman. enemy. 
I think the expectations as women, like, good Lord, I got to be amazing in my career, but then I have to have, be an amazing wife and I have to look beautiful and have these kids and I got to do and, and cook and clean and like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need a superwoman. And then if you're failing at any of these things, you feel like you're a failure. Like, where's exactly existing right now? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Another thing about self-love, I'm Mary Jane in it right now because on my TV I have a post-it that says, I am completely loved. I am completely lovable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way that I also, like, I, I do put post-it notes around the house sometimes when I'm not having the best of weeks. Yeah, man, you got to do it. You got to. However, sometimes I do it mentally, but a lot of times just to actually view it, because it's hard for us to naturally take a moment to pause. You know, we're living in this, the nucleus of distraction and everyone is just fighting for an inch of our attention. And so you need to have your anchor nearby. And we definitely have to stay off of social media because that could be... <laughs> I definitely uh, limit my time on social media because when you start comparing your life to other people, especially like, you you know, most of the stuff we put on uh, social media is curated content. <laughs> you know, like we're EICs of a life that we want you to believe that we're living. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to compare what I have going on to someone's highlight reel. So that 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 is another aspect of self-love for me right we are eic's of a life that we are (laughs) a curated life we want other people to think we're living word up if that is not the guy 